Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this very special edition of the Collingwood B Footy Podcast. Um, special in so much as we are joined by uh, one of the absolute greats of the Collingwood Football Club, uh, Mr. Scott Bird. Scotty, how are you today? How are you going, boys? We're good. You having, having a good afternoon? Yeah, it's been good. Big day. The training and uh, match committee just said no now. Pretty much a stock standard Thursday then, I guess, uh, building up to uh, to a game day? Yeah, well, I mean, Saturday game, so uh, really two days out to the final selection tonight and uh, Bucks will be on the phone notifying not the boys who are in and who are out and uh, we'll get together tomorrow morning and um, go through our final meeting in, in preparation for the Melbourne game. Looking forward to seeing the squad. Always, uh, always one of the most exciting parts of the week for, uh, I'm sure, the players and, and for the, the Collingwood faithful. Uh, probably not the best time to actually catch you on the back of back of five losses. What's the the mood like around the club at the moment? Oh, look, it's been pretty positive. Still, we've had those um, games against some quality opposition, um, and we couldn't quite get over the line. And uh, you know, the doggies on the weekend have, have really come from nowhere. From what they were 12 months ago, and geez, they're quick on the weekend and, and hard to stop. And, um, we're a bit dis- uh, disappointed at times with, with how we used the ball going forward and then how we defended um, on a few occasions. But uh, look, it's 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 been hard, I guess. With uh, we've lost our, probably our two better forwards in, in Cloakie and Billy, and um, obviously Broomhead not there as well. So that that's been harder for our for our forward line. And Taylor Adams, I think, the last two weeks has been a pretty big loss as well. So that that's hurt. But what we have had is um, the opportunity for a Darcy Moore to come in and, and he kicked five goals and. Uh, Greenwood slowly finding his feet from from really having ten months out of senior footy. He's, he's played the last two weeks and finding a little bit of touch. So there's um, there were some opportunities and, and there's been more opportunities uh, from now on to the end of the season for a lot of blokes as well. Absolutely, good good chance to, to press the claim. I want to touch really briefly on uh, on your playing career. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show you are a champion of our of our club. Um, played off in uh, those two unsuccessful grand finals early on in the uh, in the two thousands. What really stands out for you as as a career highlight? Oh look, I guess coming from nowhere really in 02. Um, you know we hadn't had much success. I got over in ninety five, and the club was definitely on the way down from from nineteen ninety. Uh, and we bottomed out around that ninety nine time and. Um, you get a few good draft picks and uh, a few senior players as well as as trade picks in you know Wakeland and Clement and Cal Steinfurt McKee that, that certainly played a role for us. Freeborn during that period as well, Malloy. Yeah. Um, it was just uh, you know it was you'd always seen the finals from afar, unfortunately, and uh, all of a sudden um, in that O two year we we knocked off Port over there at, uh, at Footy Park and. We're good enough to uh, have the Crows measure um, at the G that prelim final day. So that, that was probably the, the biggest highlight, that, um, that prelim final, having the opportunity to play in the grand final. And, uh, you know, close, but uh, no cigar in the sense that I think it was nearly uh, halfway through the last where we were still in front or hit the front in that, um, that 0 grand final, but weren't quite good enough. I remember reading somewhere that, that that game against Port was actually your first final, the seven years into your your AFL career. Yeah. So you, you kind of approached it almost as a veteran, and then you look back at the the 2010 team where you had guys like um, Sidebottom and Beamsy have their their first games in their first seasons. What what sort of impact did that have on you? Was there a sense of anticipation coming into that first final series, or uh, not not really as such? I think because you probably are a little bit more mature, you you. Uh... You know you're playing against these top teams, and you know what to expect for a certain regard. It was one of those ones. It was as a playing group. Yeah, it was all a lot of our first finals because obviously Collingwood, like you said, hadn't played since '94. So um, yeah, we're quite a relaxed group, really. We just knew we had a job to do, and, and we just went about doing it. And it uh, there wasn't too much that phased us during that period. 
you took on the mantle of captain in, in 2008, took over from from the man who you coach with now in Bucks, and fairly young group underneath you but with a lot of promise. What was that year like for you being the, the designated leader of the club? Oh, look, it was it was nearly filling a hole in, in some regards. Um, you know, Bucks had been such a, a big figure and, and uh, um, an icon of the club, obviously. So uh, it, it would have been pretty big steps feel I would have thought straight after Bucks had, had, had finished up and, and what it did for it knowing that I was I think I was 33 that, that last year it, um, it certainly uh, made the boys underneath more aware that um, in the next year or two there was going to be have to be someone else as, as the captain so we went through and we've done it anyway but there, there were certainly players underneath that were going through um, leadership programs and were very prepared to, to be um, more stronger leaders I guess with the football club so it, it certainly just gave 12 months I guess um breathing space for some of those blokes who are probably still finding their way in, in AFL football to uh, to really um, see the opportunity to be a captain and, and then I guess for the club as well to, to find out who, who it was actually going to be as well. You're being a bit modest there, Burnsy. I think you had a bigger impact than uh, than all that. I, I, and I can certainly see some of your fingerprints on the on the young guys now at the club. But we'll get into your coaching career now. You went you went across and took an opportunity up at West Coast. What was it like separating yourself from, from Victoria and, and going all the way across to a, to a brand new environment? No, I was. Um, I mean, the reason I went, there was, there was a few reasons. I, I wanted to get out of Melbourne. Um, obviously, been at Collingwood for such a such a long time. It was if you're in Melbourne, it's still pretty hard to get away from from the Collingwood Football Club. And it, it was one of those cases where the kids, I mean, two kids at that stage, four and one and a half, and they weren't in school. So if we're ever going to go, it was about that time. Um, and I was keen to see how an interstate club operated. Um, couldn't have been spoken of more highly. West Coast by. Uh, you know, Mick Moldhouse and, and Guy McKenna and, and those people that I was, I was coached by through that latter part of my career. And um, the other thing I really weighed up was who was there. So we obviously had uh, Wush and, and Peter Sumich, but Neil Gennaher and, and Phil Walsh were going over as well. And I, I knew how highly regarded those two individuals were as well. And I thought if I want to learn the caper, then it's not a bad club to go to. It's not too often that you get a... Uh, just out of the game, you got four blokes like that to, um, you know, learn the uh, ins and outs of, of how to how to coach um, successfully. Yeah, absolutely, and, and obviously you had a a fairly successful stint there, moulding that that midfield that we're really seeing come into come into its own, especially this year in the last couple of years as well. Um, playing quite good football at the moment. Uh, you've been at the club now uh, for the last eighteen months or so. Um, has it changed a lot since you left? Yeah, it's quite a. Quite a number of changes. When I, when I was still here, the BIS were on one side of the um, what was it called, the Lexus Centre at, at that point in time. And uh, so when I come back, they were out. Um, there was not one person on the coaching staff that was there when I left. Yeah. Um, including the fitness coach. So you know, Bucks down to all his assistants and, and development coaches. Um, obviously, Tark's Nancy, I, I applied to the course, but uh, new doctor um, might have been one of the one of the physios there. So it was, it was a completely different place. And I think the players, I might have played was it five years at West Coast, so the sixth year I got back, there was probably about a dozen players I played with. So I mean, it's only uh, 25% of the list, and that's probably gone down to about uh, five or six or seven at the moment. So, yeah, um, yeah, there, was, there were massive changes since I've gone, and uh, a lot of new players and a lot, of, a lot of new different ideas and thoughts and philosophies on how the game should be played and, and how uh, the club should be operated um, away from football. There's a certain perception about our head coach, about Bucks, from the outside looking in um, on the type of person he's, the type of coach he is. What can you tell us about him and what he's like to work with? No, he's great to work with. I mean, he's very thorough, always has been, and what he's done, very professional. Um, 
I saw that as a player, but he certainly takes that to his coaching. He basically doesn't want to get beaten by anything he doesn't know. <laughs> yep. um, he wants to know everything. Like so, we've got our, obviously our scouts that are out there checking the opposition and all those sorts of things. So we we we're, we're very thorough in, in, in knowing our opposition and what they want to do um, game day. Um, he, he's very much a supportive coach. He's very strong in his ideas, of course, and he always has been. But very supportive and very embracing of it, any other different ideas. And he, he certainly did deep thinker where he'll go away and uh, might not necessarily be right there right now, uh, but he'll certainly go away and think about what you said or ideas you've had and come back um, you know, next morning and, and have a chat to you about a few different things. So um, certainly enjoyable to work with. But I, I think we've got a group that's um, very enjoyable to work with as well, Robert Harvey and, and Benny Hart and Stephen Graves. Like I said, Tarks and Pepsi there with the, the BFL and Dale Capping and Craig McRae. So it's a really strong, united uh, coaching group and um, different ages. We've all been around different clubs. There's a, there's a real different mix of, of where we've all been. And we certainly uh, are pretty strong with the, our, our own ideas and thoughts, but um, we're, we're very united as well. I touched on it earlier. It certainly seems to me that watching the Collingwood midfield this year, it certainly has a bit of a, a Scott Burns type feel to it. Now, very tough, um, huge on effort, um, very much one percent focus, and getting those those uh, desire indicators up. What sort of influence do you think you've had on that group as a whole, um, and, and what have you kind of brought to to that midfield group that's, uh, that that they're implementing now? It's probably hard to answer that because I think there's a lot of things that you see now that have been a work in progress too since, since Bucks um, has taken over and definitely since Harps was there as a midfield coach before me. Um, look, I, I guess, yeah, there's no doubt effort, intensity. Certainly have a, a big emphasis on, on clean and, and being able to, um, um, I guess, not be overawed by the contest, by the physical side of the game and at the same time being uh, calm and collected and, and knowing... Uh, what we want to do out of those stoppages. Uh, yeah, certainly that's been a work in progress, but I think we've taken yards and our quality of clearances. And uh, Last year we were pretty poor with um, scores from stoppage, but um, working closely with Steve Grace, we've, we've been quite positive in, in that regard. We might be fourth or fifth um, score from stoppage team. We've dropped off a little bit the last few weeks, so that, that's pleasing, but um, defensively we've still got to get a fair bit better with some things too, so we're working on that. I want to set a bit of a scene for you. If, if you're sitting in the box and it's the Port Adelaide game and Port have come out raring to go, they've you know, managed to knock through five of the first six goals um, and they're well on top. What's what's the mood like in the box and, and what sort of changes are being made to kind of circumvent that, that flow of play? Yeah, it was such a broad question because it could come from anywhere. It might just be a couple of really bad um, mistakes that, that are unusual. It could be Penabry getting a kick smothered or it's, uh, it may we may be caught off guard with uh, Port Adelaide have done something different that um, they haven't done all year. Or it's, uh, uh, it could be the one player being absolutely dominant for Port that needs to be shut down. So, I mean, first thing first, you just need to um, stop the um, stop the goal source. So it's, um, you want to close up shop as quick as you can and, and just really get the boys focused and um, get them playing a game that uh, by the time you get a minute quarter time, you can... You can tell them where we've gone wrong, the reasons why we got that start, and um, slowly make uh, inroads, I guess, to um, get a few goals back in the next quarter. So uh, the key thing is, and is not to panic necessarily. I mean, you've always got things in place. A lot of the stuff that we would change up in a game should really be um, trained for um, throughout the preseason and throughout the week. So there'll be a lot of times that the players have already gone to uh, a setup or a structure um, when opposition have, have kicked uh, a few goals. Um, 
and we might be there's quite a few times we call on at the same time and then we see it happen so um, that shows a sign of leadership and um, and development I guess with our group because it is still very very young saying that there, there are times when you need to make individual positional changes because sometimes those uh, younger players may be inconsistent at times so you just got to watch for everything really. You did touch on that. We are quite young, um, but we are starting to see the fruits of uh, of, of of that, uh, that that youth program and the youth influx coming through. Moore's five goals on the weekend. Jordan Degoe's really settled into the side. Who is it that you uh, that you have your eye on in particular? Maybe someone we haven't seen yet that, that uh, you expect really to to step up and uh, perhaps be our next breakout star. Yeah, well, the, the, the two mainly that haven't played uh, are um, Schamberg, who's, who's probably had his six eight games back now. From his knee, um, and and Marsh is going really well at ten and a half back in the in the VFL. That that'd be the two guys that you wouldn't have um, seen at all. And the other one's Freeman. He's just starting to get up and running, but he's he's a long way off. He's missed all of last year, basically, and a fair bit of this year. So he still needs a fair bit of conditioning. But um, it's pleasing now that Scharenberg is is looking a lot sharper. His agility looks a lot better, and he he's been thrown up quite a bit um, over the last few weeks, and certainly close to getting a game. If it's not this week, it'll be very soon. You would hope and. And we've been really impressed with the way that Jonathan Marsh has developed as well. Um, he's gone really well. And uh, it's just really, you know, we've been quite happy with the way Brownie and and, uh, and Frosty have been going this year. So he's just got to bide his time and, and keep performing well. But they'd be the mates who, who are, are playing consistent football right now and, and may well be in, in the next um, two days or the next week or the next two weeks. Yeah, not giving anything away, I understand. Uh, just... You mentioned the injuries before to Freeman. You've suffered some injuries yourself in your career. What is it like for for a player, you know, their psyche and and kind of their, their mental state, if you to miss that much football um, and not get a chance to, to essentially do you know what they've been drafted to do, especially at such a young age? Yeah, well, that's that's different because I I certainly had my injuries. I think I did a hamstring five times one year, but I was twenty five or that was twenty four yeah. at that point in time. So I felt like I was an AFL footballer. I played. Um, I don't know, 80, 100 games, whatever I played up to that point in time. So you've got a young fella like uh, Nate Freeman or even Scharenberg to the extent that um, Nathan's had his hamstrings and Scharenberg's had his feet last year and then a knee at the end of last year. They haven't proven themselves. So that they still have doubts. That they still have hopes and dreams and aspirations of, of being a really good um, AFL footballer. So... Um, That'd be uh, a little bit of a question mark in the back of the back of my head because you don't know, and until you get thrown in the driver's seat, until you you playing AFL football, it's, it's you want it, you want to play, but uh, it takes a while to belong at AFL football. So at the moment, they've just got to um, physically get back to where they were pre their injuries and play some really strong, consistent football at VFL level. So in, in the Wusha always said at West Coast, that he's very, very reluctant to bring any young player in just on potential. Um, generally, he's found in his career that you want to bring him in when they've, they've had really solid football underneath for uh, at least a month. And generally, they um, give a good account of themselves when they come in. I sometimes wonder what the psychological component is. I mean, how willing you are to almost go at full pace. And someone like Freeman, who's obviously done his hamstring, um, who's very much a, uh, a speed athlete, but to hit, you know, how much confidence you then have to develop in your body to be able to push yourself to those limits again, I imagine that has, a, has an effect on the player as well. Well, there's no doubt that takes time because he, he didn't have the operation at, the end, at last year, but he was having hassles and then um, got going this year and there was just a bit of uh, bit of fluid around it that they, they didn't quite pick up, so they cleared that up. And uh, it's just really been the last few weeks where he's really opened up a train and you can see him 
when his run throughs and his strides and he's joined in a few drills, you can really see that speed that he showed in his first two or three months training with us um, after he just got drafted. So uh, there'd be a lot of those demons that would be out of his head right now. But of course, you, you're going to get to game day, you're going to stretch out a bit more. So he, yep. he needs to uh, condition himself a little bit more over the next few weeks and um, it'd be really good for him and beneficial for everyone if he can get uh, three, four, five, six games in um, at the end of this season going into uh, next pre-season. In your mind, as a club now, what are the sorts of things we need to to improve upon in the next few weeks? Because we're still we're still very much in the contention for finals. What are the, the sorts of things that the, that we're looking at now to to improve and, and sort of build a nice run towards uh, September potentially this year? Yeah, look, it's um, it's interesting when you get a younger group. I say younger group. I think we had when we played Hawthorne, we had ten blokes, fifty games and under. Um, and you like, I went through that West Coast period where 2010 we wouldn't spoon and. And everyone seems to have forgotten that 11 and 12, they basically top four with that young team. And uh, they went missing for a year or two. But those blokes now, when you when you look at Maston, uh, Shuey, Gaff, Matt Dewey, Schofield, even Kennedy was just finding his feet. He just came over from Carlton when I when I first got over there. That Hearn was only really a, probably a 40, 50 game player then as well. They, It's amazing the difference you see in their physical appearance from 21, 22 to 24, 5, 6. Yeah, you can really see that now with the West Coast boys. So you've got to be very, very careful, I believe, when you've got a younger group to keep chopping and changing. You've got to, you've got to stay to the task, stay to the journey that you're on, but make sure that you're continually developing those individuals in the areas they need to get better at. Um, um, you don't want to just completely change things uh, from a game structure or philosophy yep. based on, at the end of the day, blokes making a poor decision or not quite kicking it as well because they're fatigued or missing a tackle because they look tired because they've only had two pre-seasons instead of six or seven. So yep. it's a matter of us getting as much work into them as we can and focusing on their areas that they need to improve, but certainly encouraging their strengths. So that, that's the journey we're on, and um, I think we've been pretty good at this stage. And you've seen um, the reward of some of those younger players in the first half of the year. We just like to finish this season off pretty good um, in the back half. Well, we, cer- we certainly hope so. I certainly hope we can make finals. You've been really generous with your time. i just got one more question for you. Um, do you still hold aspirations to, to, to hold a, a senior position um, before you finish up coaching? Is that something that you still aspire to? You know, I don't think that would ever change. I think I've always had that ambition. It's, it's, it's quite funny. It's, it's, uh, as a player, I, I was one of those. And, and Bucks would be the same. You're, you're studying every move of what the senior coach is saying and what you're doing and picking up things that you're you think, geez, you've done that well, or geez, uh, I reckon you've got doubts as a senior coach with the things you're saying. And um, yeah, look, it's just been always one of those things that I've, uh, I've had a passion for footy, and I, I certainly love the coaching aspect of it. And uh, it'd certainly be a great challenge, wouldn't it? Uh, it's not the easiest job in the world, but uh, yeah, down the track at some stage, if it presents, um, I'd certainly love to have a crack at it. It's always struck me as such a difficult job um, just because there, there's so much scrutiny involved in something like that and so much optimism that comes with it. but um, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're pretty driven and committed to it. So I think you'll get there at some point, mate. Nice. <laughs> well, Phil Walsh at worst case, uh, when he first came, he was funny. He was quite reluctant to be a senior coach, but uh, he reckoned it's no, you can't win. Yeah, you senior coaches, you can't win because, like he said, even that 04 grand final he was a part of with Chuck on Port Adelaide as a senior assistant, it was only that period that he really enjoyed footy because he's back on the uh, back on the horse and trying to look for different avenues to get better. So it's, um, yeah, there's no doubt it's um, be overbearing at times, but uh, 
I guess the rewards of improvement with the with the young men on and off the field is um, is, is something that's great to be a part of. Well, uh, it's been amazing having having you on, and thank you for being so generous with your time. And um, hopefully, we, uh, we we get to see a, a big win this weekend over the D's and, and push on to September. No worries, thanks, Mark. Cheers, Scotty. Have a good one.